Okay, everyone, welcome to part two of this discussion on Jewish control of the civil rights movement. Let's look at um, various organizations that the Jews ran back in the uh, 60s, 70s, supposedly to advance the cause of the black man, when in reality, something else was going on. We already mentioned the NAACP, but let's put this more under the microscope. For years, W.E.B. Uh, Dubois was the only black officer in the NAACP, which was uh, largely directed, funded, and controlled in its earliest decades, and pretty much every decade thereafter, but not so obviously as was the case early on, by Jews like uh, Henry Moskowitz and Joel uh, Spingern. In 1913, Spingern announced um, a yearly award named after himself, the Spingern uh, Medal, for the, quote, highest and noblest achievement of uh, an American Negro named after himself. They always got to slip them in there because they're the main uh, attraction, right? The main source of attention. They're the, the real agenda behind everything, right? Even though, again, on the surface, it's made out to look like it's being done for others. The NAACP took shape at uh, Spingern's estate, who became its board chairman in 1915. He served in this capacity until 1929, when he became instead the president until 1939. He was succeeded by uh, his brother Arthur uh, for many years head of the NAACP's um, legal committee, uh, and he maintained that headship position until 1966, when yet another Jew, uh, Kivy Kaplan, a millionaire manufacturer of uh, patent leather, had taken over that position. By 1968, the perceived uh, paternalistic leadership style of Kaplan uh, and his prominent uh, Jews in the civil rights movement was coming under increasingly sharp attack, right? As people started to catch on, blacks started to catch on. Activists called for his resignation, but Kaplan refused. Only with Kaplan's death in 1975 did the NAACP 64 years after its founding, have the opportunity to elect its first black president. But don't worry, he was a Jew puppet, of course. But for all that time, its first, uh, uh, what I say, 64 freaking years, the thing was run by a Jew at the top and a great many Jews at lower rungs of the ladder. Litigation was the association's most potent weapon. Many of its lawyers and legal advisors still continued to be Jews, of course. In fact, 
Jews made their greatest impact on the association in this area. Jewish lawyer Nathan Margold's 1929 report uh, became the Bible of the NAACP's legal efforts. Jack Greenberg headed the uh, 1960s-era NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Surprise, surprise. In 1982, still at the helm, uh, a black student coalition at Harvard had protested uh, Jewish paternalism and the fact that a white Jew, supposed white Jew, uh, was heading the the country's premier black legal organization. People were starting to catch on and say, hey, uh, what's happening here, you know? Joel Spingern, who served as both the NAACP chairman of the board and as uh, a major in the U.S. uh, military intelligence department, during uh, World War One, was revealed in uh, more recent times by the uh, Memphis Commercial Appeal to have used his NAACP post to obtain uh, critical information for the military intelligence department. Imagine that. So in that capacity, amongst other sleazy things, he was gathering intelligence for the military intelligence department. Wow. Right from within the organization he was heading up, right? Another such liberal Jew on the NAACP uh, membership roles included um, Judge Julian Mack of the U.S. Court of Appeals, the first president of the American Jewish Congress. Mack was also president of the Zionist Organization of America from 1918 to 1921. And here he was heading up this major supposed black rights organization, right? You gotta be fargan kidding me. He and Louis Brandeis had dominated American Zionism from 1914 to 1921 and also uh, into the 30s. Let's move on now to another alleged black advocacy group run by Jews, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, which I also mentioned in the last video. In a later era, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference emerged with another Jew behind the wheel, Stanley Levinson, who even wrote Martin Luther King's uh, speeches for him. Levinson has been described as one of King's closest personal advisors. The uh, seeming generosity and sympathy of the Jews toward blacks um, is believed to have fooled Luther. Oh, really? No, Luther wasn't fooled. Luther didn't care about the black community. He cared about his own sleazy little ass, right? During a 1965 interview, Martin Luther King Jr. stated, Uh, And I I think I read this before when I did my Martin Luther King video, but here it is again in this context. Listen to how disgusting this is. He said, How could there be anti-Semitism among Negroes when our Jewish friends have dominated their uh, 
commitment to the uh, principle of tolerance and brotherhood, not only in the form of sizable contributions, but in many other tangible ways, and often at great personal sacrifice. Again, what a bunch of crap. He wasn't fooled by them. He was puckering up because he knew where the money came from. And where did the money come from? Not from Jewish pockets. No. Seemingly therefrom, but no. Money they pilfered from everyone else, right? That they sleezed from everyone else through their stock market rigged game, through their fraudulent frickin' central bank system, raping and pillaging everyone else's pockets, and getting El Governmente to raise taxes, as we saw in the last video, right? To fund black causes, seemingly. When all the while, it was being funneled into their pockets. And they would take some certain percentage of that money and hand it over to organizations like the NAACP for window dressing purposes. So it looked like, again, out of the goodness of their heart, right? Yeah, the goodness of their heart, just like the goodness of Bill Gates's heart uh, contributing to uh, vaccine research, right? <laughs> First of all, where did the money come from? It came from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And where did they get that money? Government grants, baby, i.e. tax dollars. And what was that money used to do? To create vaccines for the fake pandemic, the illusion of which him and his buddies created so they could turn around and justify jabbing you with their toxin that would either sterilize you, mentally incapacitate you, or outright kill you. Take your pick. Anyway, back to Martin Luther's ass-licking. He said, uh, can we ever express our appreciation to the rabbis who chose to give uh, moral witness with us in uh, St. Augustine during our recent protest against um, uh, segregation uh, in that unhappy city. So again, look at the puckering up here. These bastards did nothing to help the black community. And neither did uh, Mr. King, right? Only the illusion thereof. Don't forget, he was supporting violent uprisings behind the scenes while yet denouncing violence openly, right? Little scoundrel, little communist that he was. Jew puppet all the way. And don't forget, uh, initially, Malcolm X fell for this, but in time he realized what a fraud king was and he denounced him as such. Anyway, back to Luther's bosom buddy, Levinson. This voice of uh, Christian leadership, as Luther had described him, uh, was also discovered by the FBI uh, to have been a former Communist Party member, right? Well, so was King himself, but nevertheless, Christian Party leader. When is a Jew ever a Christian Party leader? Oh, they're the string pullers behind the scenes, but are they Christians, really? Levinson was surely the source of King's uh, communist leanings, right? Communism, don't forget, along with its twin, socialism, are Jewish creations and have always been run and controlled by Jews. Moving on to the next seemingly 
pro-black organization also run by Jews was CORE, C-O-R-E. Um, another Jew, Marvin uh, Rich, was the chief fundraiser and key speechwriter for the uh, Congress of Racial Equality. That's what CORE stood for. And um, his position was later filled by another Jewish attorney, Alan uh, Gartner. So you can see how they made sure there was always a Jew at the top rungs of the ladder in groups like this, right, for the longest time. And even when later, you know, for window dressing purposes, they had to make it look good and have actual black men occupy these positions. It was just for window dressing. It was still Jews. And to this day, it's still Jews pulling the strings behind the curtain. In uh, the 1960s, in CORE, <clears throat> younger and more militant members blocked efforts by uh, James uh, Farmer to name one of his Jewish advisors as president of CORE, insisting the post uh, be filled by an African-American, and rightly so, right? In the same era, the executive director of the American Jewish Congress, Will uh, Maslow, was also a core national board member. How convenient, how interesting. Anyway, he later resigned in outrage when one African-American core official uh, named Clifford Brown angrily declared that, quote, Hitler hadn't killed enough Jews. <laughs> uh, he obviously fell for the Holocaust thing, but it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. Anyway, obviously, Clifford Brown uh, came to understand the sinister motives the elite Zio Jew pig bastards had in... Uh, lending assistance to the black community, right? Amongst other sinister motives, the Jews supported the civil rights movement, as I said, you know, in the last video, to create or to magnify already existing racial tensions between blacks and whites, the old divide and conquer uh, routine, right? Notice what um, Israel Cohen wrote in his 1912 book, a racial program for the 20th century. Listen to this. Here's a Jew letting his hair down and telling you what their game was, and this has always been their game. This next uh, quote sums up the whole purpose for the Jew involvement with the, uh, or the Jew creation of the civil rights movement. Here it is right here in all of its glory. He said, we must realize that our, the Zionist community, that our party's most powerful weapon is racial tension. Remember the BLM and Antifa riots? That was a revival of, you know, the 1960s black, right black and white tensions again, right? They were trying to bring it back. Let me read that again. We must realize that our Zionist Jew pig bastards, our party's most powerful weapon is racial tension. By propounding into the consciousness of the dark races that for centuries they have been oppressed by whites uh, 
we can mold them to the program of the Communist Party. Can you say Martin Luther King Jr.? While inflaming the Negro minority against the whites, we will instill in the whites a guilt complex for their exploitation of the Negroes. Oh my, look at that. And has it worked? It has, hasn't it? Whites have developed this guilt complex when in fact, and, and you know, don't get me wrong, were they white slave owners, uh, you know, that participated? Of course they were. But there never would have been white slave owners. There wouldn't have been black slaves at all, right? Of course, there were a good many white slaves too, but nevertheless, um, there wouldn't have been a, a slave trade at all, black or white, except for the Jew, right? So here's a Jew admitting that their intention was to create black-white tension by getting the blacks to resent whites and by getting whites to develop a guilt complex when it was Jews that ran the whole goddamn thing. So once again, regardless what side of the issue you stand on, regardless whether you you know you think blacks are better than whites or whites are better than blacks, you're falling for the biggest July of all if you have taken any of those positions. Blacks and whites, indeed, all Gentiles need to unite against a common enemy or else you're falling for their biggest game right there. I, I, I hate it when I see, you know, uh, and you have such a thing as black supremacy, right? You hear so much about white supremacism. Yeah, whatever. There's probably more black supremacists out there because of the Jew game that they fall for than there are white supremacists. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You play that game and you're playing the Jew game. Blacks and whites and indeed all groups need to unite together against the common enemy. Don't let them play you like a fool and get you, if you're black, to resent the whites or if you're white to resent the blacks. That's what the Jew wants. And here's this little sleazy bastard Jew son of a blankety blank blank admitting that that's been their game all along. He went on to say, we will aid the Negroes to rise in prominence in the professions. And how do they do that? Again, through goddamn affirmative action BS, right? We will aid the Negro to rise in prominence in the professions and... Um, in the world of sports and entertainment. With this prestige, and how did they do that? They run the whole goddamn, I'll, I'll do a video sometime on the, the whole sports thing, how they run that. Uh, most of the freaking games are rigged, in fact, because big Zio Jew bastards bet millions and even billions on games, right? This has all been admitted over the years by prominent sports figures, referees, uh, coaches, you name it, that they've been told to throw important games, you know, so the big Zio bastards can walk away with billions of dollars in winnings. Anyway, anyway, he went on to say, with this prestige, the Negro will be able uh, to intermarry with the whites and begin a process which will deliver America to our cause. So there you go. That's been their agenda all along, create black-white tension and, you know, put a guilt uh, complex on whites for something the Jews are responsibly for, uh, responsible for, right? And to get blacks to resent whites, you know, blah, 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 blah. Turn them against each other. Again, guys, 
Just look what happened with the BLM Antifa riots just a few years ago. That was an outgrowth of the same thing going back to the 60s, trying to revive that same old game that worked so well for them in the past. Yet another organization uh, seemingly about, you know, fighting for black rights uh, run by Jews was the National Urban League. Uh, another, uh, again, seemingly black civil rights group. Um, it was, uh, like the rest, greatly, tremendously, uh, overwhelmingly funded uh, by Jews, specifically the Sears Roebuck uh, magnate, uh, Julius Rosenwald. Anyway, uh, Edwin uh, Seligman descended from uh, one of the wealthiest and most uh, prestigious Jewish families was the first chairman of this uh, organization. Its first executive board included uh, Abraham uh, Lefkowitz and Felix uh, Alder, later joined by Seligman's brother, uh, George, and Ella Sachs Plotz, all Jews. In 1932, six Jews served as officials at the uh, Urban League's Chicago branch. Can you not see how all of this was the outplay of the quote we just read a moment ago? Uh, and, you know, others like him, but this quote laid it out perfectly, right, from the book, uh, A Racial Program for the 20th Century that I just read, right? Unbelievable. Here was this Zionist effort to make sure that all of these groups, which they created, were being headed up by Jews, not black people, Jews, so that they could ensure that these seem, seeming pro-African-American uh, groups would be, you know, misleading blacks into turning against whites and making whites feel guilty about the slavery uh, uh, system that they created and ran, right? Is there anything that the elite Jews don't have their dirty, grubby little frickin' fingers involved in? Nothing, guys. Not just having their fingers involved in. They created the damn things and have dominated them and always and only with their interests in mind. And yet, while also screwing over everyone else. This is all they've ever done, all they continue to do. And yet, God damn it, they get away with it every time. It's high time. People get their heads out of their asses and look at this for what it is. Look at these criminal monstrosities for what they are and stop giving them a free ride. It's gotta stop. Anyway, now let's move on to talk about the Southern Poverty Law Center. Um, the uh, famed fighter for the rights of impoverished uh, African-Americans, supposedly, right? Uh, especially in, in the South, 
was this elite Zio pig controlled uh, as well? Oh, but of course. Perhaps I should ask, do you really think it's possible that it was not run by these scumbags, whereas all of these other ones have been? Yes, of course. By creating a multiplicity of such organizations, though, people tend to think that, well, you know, that one's obviously different from this one, you know. It's just like the two political parties. Look how different the Democrats and the Republicans are. Are they? Really? Really? Only on the surface, their phony little rhetoric and ideologies. But follow the money. Climb the ladder. I just love how they'll let their hair down right in front of the whole frickin' country on national TV over and over again, right? And people don't catch it. You know, when Bush was debating Kerry in 04, he acted like, oh, yeah, he was at his throat and vice versa. But then all of a sudden he looks over and he says, well, huh, even if he won, how bad of a deal could that be? He's my buddy from Yale, Skull and Bones, buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't say Skull and Bones, but he said my old Yale buddy. So how bad of a guy could he be? And then again, you know, uh, as another example that I like to cite, it's so in your face, and yet Trump tards still don't get it. He was promising to have Hillary arrested if he got elected, and then five days after the election, there he is on 60 Minutes. So are you going to have Hillary, uh, Hillary arrested like you said? You know, blah, 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 he was asked. And he's like, oh, no, no. The Clintons have been through enough. And besides, they're good people. They're actually good friends of mine. Yeah. Yes, they are. Of course they are. They're freaking relatives. All the occupants of the Oval Office from Washington on down have been interrelated, goddammit. They wouldn't have to be, right, when you look at how big money funds all their campaigns anyway. But it turns out, beyond following the money, there's blood ties. Jewish blood ties. Anyway, so the uh, SPLC is based uh, in Montgomery, Alabama, and in 1996, the uh, local Montgomery advertiser printed an embarrassing expose about the SPLC. The salary, noted the paper, for SPLC president and CEO, as well as SPLC co-founder, Joseph Levin, that's not an African-American name, <laughs> was $137,798 a year, which was some serious money back then, right? It still isn't shabby today, but back then, oh, that was big money. Not bad for uh, a fighter on behalf of those mired in poverty. <laughs> what a slap in the face, right? To the people that are supposed to be served by this organization to help poor blacks. And yet there he was making that kind of money, of course. You know, that's always how it works, isn't it? Um, anyway, his wasn't even the highest salary though. The center's legal uh, director, Richard Cohen, that's not an African-American name either, 
made $151,420 that year. But that's not all. The advertiser further noted that, quote, one thing remains constant at the nation's wealthiest civil rights charity, the Montgomery-based Southern Poverty Law Center. All of the top-paid, top-level management jobs are held by <clears throat> whites, it said. Yee! <laughs> oh, that gets the biggest BS line of the year award. Whites try Jews. But of course, they weren't allowed to publish that, right? They would get their wangy lopped off if they did. They had to put whites. But no, no, it wasn't whites, baby. It was Jews. Whites my ass. Anyway. In the first 25 years of SPLC uh, history, no black person had held a top-level management position at all, and only one black staffer uh, had ever been among the top five paid positions. Also, in the SPLC's uh, team of five lawyers, only one was an African-American. Uh, the next year, 1997, an editorial writer, Rose Sanders, expressed outrage in the same newspaper that the SPLC had publicly condemned Louis Farrakhan of the uh, Nation of Islam, um, and hero in large parts of the black community, as a racist... She pointed out the uh, hypocrisy of the charge, noting that, quote, Joseph Levin, the SPLC president, says he is not a bigot, but how does he explain the bigotry evidenced by the employment practices at the Poverty Law Center, meaning they only hire <laughs> whites, <laughs> Jews, baby, Jews. Now, that's calling the kettle black, isn't it? An example of the, she went on to say, an example of the center's racial prejudice is illustrated by its racial tolerance program. The program did not have a single black employee. No black person helped shape or design the program. Again, this is just like, you know, the Zio pig bastards will say, you're a bigot if you're against mass migration of illegal aliens into your country, driving up the crime rate and uh, stealing the jobs, you know, blah, 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 blah. But then those same bastards don't allow mass migration of illegals or illegals at all into their country, right? Their illegitimate fake frickin' country uh, in the Middle East. Anyway. With Jews holding the... Uh, purse strings to uh, many ostensibly black organizations. In 1976, black activist uh, Julian Bond sought the directorship of the NAACP. Although critical of Israel, um, Bond found it necessary to sign a yearly 
black Americans in support of Israel's statement if he was to have any chance of winning the NAACP position, given the powerful influence of Jews within the organization, right? Imagine that. Oh, okay. A black man wants to hold a high position. We'll allow it only if you sign this black Americans in support of Israel statement. Oh, but out of the goodness of their heart, they created and ran the SPLC on behalf of the black man. Really? Really now? Oh, I live for the day when the black community finally, as a whole, catches on to these little bastards and does to them what the Nubians did to the Hyksos in ancient Egypt. <laughs> finally, finally, we'll be able to see the tables turn on these miserable, game-rigging sons of bitches. I want front row seats for that show. In the early years of the NAACP, heavy Jewish involvement may explain why the NAACP uh, conference passed the Russian Revolution, uh, or resolution, excuse me, passed the Russian Resolution, which protested the expulsion of Jews from the city of Kiev in Russia, right? They use the SPLC, I mean the NAACP, uh, as a vehicle to advance Jewish interests, which was supposed to be solely for black interests. Jews, out of the goodness of their hearts, serving the interests of the black community. Jewish supremacists, yes, were using this supposed black rights organization from the start to advance their own selfish interests, just as they used all these other organizations, right? Similar brother organizations for the same reason. Frickin' unbelievable. And keep in mind that the Jews in Russia deserved this expulsion uh, for all of the havoc that they had been wreaking over there, right? We'll get into a detailed breakdown of the... Uh, uh, the Jews in Russia, you know, focusing specifically on the Bolshevik Revolution and the horrors that played out thereafter down the line. Long, long series we're going to uh, be covering on that. But anyway, later on, African-Americans like William Pollard, deputy director of the NAACP, uh, took many trips to Israel. Yeah. All expenses paid, I'm sure, right? So, you see, the advantages you can have, the, the career opportunities, the bonuses, the increase in pay, on and on and on, will even pay to you, for you to take free trips to Israel. All you got to do is... Now, here's some knee pads and some lip balm. Anyway. So, we covered some of the major organizations, right? But there's gazillions of others. Let's look at uh, a few more. Following uh, Jewish philanthropic uh, donations, uh, Salomon uh, Levinson began directorship of the Abraham Lincoln Center, uh, social work center for uh, blacks and whites in 1917. Jacob um, Bilikoff, 
also a Jew, became chairman of uh, Howard University, a black college in 1935. Fisk University also had influential uh, Jewish board members. Look at all these organizations, seemingly, you know, black organizations, right? All Jew run, all in fulfillment of that quote that we read a while back, right? Talking about how we need to, you know, essentially turn blacks against whites and make whites develop this, this guilt syndrome for the slave trade, right? Which was their baby. Anyway, to this day, uh, well, as of 20 years ago, uh, David Saperstein had served as an NAACP board member. Jonathan um, Kaufman wrote this. By the mid-1960s, uh, Jewish contributions made up three-quarters of the money raised by SNCC, that's the uh, Student Nonviolent um, Coordinating Committee, CORE, which we already talked about, and uh, SCLC, the Southern Christian uh, Leadership Conference. It's saying here that Jews provided the bulk of the funding for all of them, every last one of them. And when Jews provide funding for something, A, it's not from their pocket, right? It's money they stole from others. And B, it's never about the group that it's professed to be for, right? It's always about them. They don't give any money, even though it's stolen from others. They don't let any money pass from their hand to another on behalf of any other group but their own selves. They just create the illusion that it's for another group. The quote went on to say, so important were contributions from Jews to SCLC. Jesse Jackson recalled later that for a time, King's advisors, Martin Luther King's advisors, debated uh, whether they should call uh, the group simply the Southern Leadership Conference, eliminating the reference to Christian. <laughs> Should have put the word Jew in there. But anyway, it went on to say, in phone conversations with King, um, Bayard Rustin, one of King's top advisors, uh, would remind him to include references to his speeches to the Judeo-Christian tradition. Judeo. Got to get that word in there. And, unfortunately, they fell for it, right? Judeo-Christian. You know, here's the irony, though. That's a Jew term, right? So that they can reel the Christians in to ally themselves with the Jewish cause, right? And it's worked handsomely with most of the Christian world, right? Some of the greatest supporters of APAC aren't even Jews. They're frickin' Christians. And, and, you know, the, 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 the so-called Jew-wise Christians, right, um, they're offended by that term because they'll say, Judeo-Christian. It, it is a scam, right? That they, they Jews came up with that to lure Christians in and, and lock them in, right? But the irony is when the so-called Jew-wise Christians get offended by that, in reality, 
Christianity is Judeo. <laughs> it's like Judeo masonry. There might be some dumbass masons out there who are offended by that, right? It was supposed to be Jew-wise. <laughs> the organization you belong to, baby, was created by and continues to be and always has been run by Jews. And whether you know it or not or want to admit it or not, you belong to a Jewish enterprise. Anyway, so it is with Christianity. So it is with Islam, too. Sorry, Muslims. You're as Jewish as the Christians are. Your own holy book talks about how God gave uh, Palestine to Israel, to the Jews, I should say. It actually says that numerous times. I did a whole video uh, on that uh, one time back. Unbelievable. It's interesting how there's so many Muslims out there who protest uh, what Israel does to the Palestinians, right? But according to your own holy book, you have no grounds for protesting that. You should be cheering it on. The Jews are taking back what God or Allah gave to them. The only way you can legitimately protest that is to stop believing in that nonsense Judaic book called the Koran. But anyway. Jewish author uh, Theodore Bickel, I mentioned him in a previous video, a Zionist uh, activist, of course, was once one of SNCC's uh, most prominent supporters. Howard Zinn was also a Jewish SNCC advisor. How do you like that? Remember him? Howard Zinn? <laughs> I actually interviewed him years ago before I was Jew-wise. I thought, oh, what a good guy. He's a truther, you know. He wrote a fairly good book. Um, uh, what the hell was it now? Uh, oh, A People's History of the United States. It's good for the nominal truther, that is, right? Of course, he doesn't mention anything in there uh, when he talks about, you know, he goes into detail on the, the slave trade and whatnot. He doesn't mention, of course, <laughs> that it was his own tribe that ran it. Reading that book would give you the impression that it was rich white men. Yeah. Nevertheless, though, you know, there was some good stuff in there. And so people looked up to this guy as a great hero. There he was, though. Uh, a top SNCC advisor. SNCC uh, African-American leader um, Stokely um, Carmichael's first... Uh, demonstration turned out to be a pro-Israel rally held in front of the United Nations by the Young Socialist League. Did you know that? Wow, is that disgusting. So Mr. Carmichael had some major Jew-ass breath, didn't he? He wouldn't have climbed high uh, on the ladder uh, of this seemingly black rights organization, SNCC, had he not done so, right? So disgusting. But as far as uh, Carmichael goes, the uh, whole thing backfired on the Jewish supremacists, though. He must have figured out their game, for he later became very vocally anti-Zionist. 
<laughs> so he fell for it at first, right? He, 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 you know, he went along and went over to, you know, Israel and kissed their hind parts, you know. But as time went on, he began to realize, like the ancient tribe of Dan did, hey, wait a minute, these people aren't partners in business. They're not out to benefit me as, as, as they benefit themselves. No, 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 they're out to screw me. They're just using me. So the tribe of Dan uh, told him to hit the road. Anyways, another another uh, SNCC black leader, Robert Moses, uh, had gone to the Jewish socialist camp, Camp Wochika, uh, as a child, and uh, had befriended many Jews from uh, radical and uh, socialist groups. So they completely won him over. Um, and, and this has been the case, unfortunately, with most, you know, respected black leaders, you know, they have, the bulk of them have never, ever operated on behalf of the black community. They don't give a damn about the black community. They're, they're after their own fat asses, right? Make some fat Jew cash and uh, sell their people out, right? Can anybody say Barack Obama? My God, man, the black community loved him. Why? Just because he was black? You didn't look at what a corrupt little piece of anal drizzle he was? God frickin' damn it, man. Again, not just the black community. Americans in general love labels or whatever their favorite color is, right? Uh, if he has my color that I like, okay, I'm going to rally behind him. If he's a Democrat like me, I'm going to rally behind him. If he's a Republican like me, I'm going to rally behind him. Yeah, dumbasses. It's time you snap out of it and stop letting yourself being manipulated by these hucksters. Christ, man. Anyway. Uh, it's kind of early to end the video, but I'm I actually going to, uh, I am going to end it here because, uh, I got some other obligations and I, I won't be able to finish this tonight. I don't want to leave the computer on and uh, with the, the tape stopped at this, the recording stopped at this point because I tried it once before and I got all screwed up. Anyways, anyways, I'll stop there, but uh, still quite a bit more material to go. Definitely one, possibly two more videos to finish this up. Very important stuff though, guys. What went on here with the civil rights movement is very telling because uh, it's the same MO that has gone on with so many other movements over the years, all Jew-created, Jew-funded, and Jew-rigged so that the Zio bastards walked away holding all the chips and deceived multitudes into thinking that this, that, or the other group was in their interest. They got shafted along with everybody else. People have got to start waking up. Forget their little game of, I don't want to be labeled anti-Semite. Who freaking cares what goddamn label they put on you? Your ass is on the line if you let yourself get intimidated by that crap. It's time we point to them and just laugh. <laughs> Knock it off. They're little childish games that are so freaking transparent. Once you see it for what it is, it's pathetically laughable. It's so stupid. It's so ridiculous. If people collectively would just start pointing at them and laughing, oh, their game would be over. The gig would be up. Anyway, guys, that's it for now. Lots more to come. Catch you in the next video. Thanks for joining me. Take care.